Off the chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my co host, Ian Bush, and someone that, that I have a lot of respect and love for that has been on the show many times. And every time he comes on the show, it's like a breath of fresh air. Hence his song tonight, So I Breathe. That song makes me want to just get up and dance because it is so light, so airy, so filled with hope and love and laughter. Yeah, we're talking about my friend Ed Roman. He is an award-winning singer, songwriter, performer, and multi-instrumentalist from Shelburne, Ontario, Canada. Blurring the lines between pop, rock, folk, and country music genres, his uniquely crafted songs have received regular rotation on more than one terrestrial radio stations across North America and more than 400 stations worldwide. He is a 2014 Artist Music Guild Award nominee, a 2014 International Music and Entertainment Association Award winner, a two-time 2015 IMEA Award nominee, a 2015 and a 2016 Josie Show Awards nominee, an Academia Awards winner, and a two-time Indie Music Channel Award winner. Makes me tired just thinking about it. He has performed at the Red Gorilla, Red Gorilla Music Fest during SXSW, the Millennium Music Conference, and SS Cape May, and he has touched both toured. He may have touched, but he also toured New York City and Philly. Recently, the, this top 100 MTV.com and number one Reverb Nation artist travel to Jamaica, and I'm thinking this was a while back, to deliver much-needed humanitarian aid to the island while he shot his music video for Jamaica. I can't talk tonight. He is also a Heart Songs for Veterans artist, which we're going to talk about, and he donates money to help veterans with his single and top 10 yawwire.com video, Lay One Down. 
Now I'm going down into the archives a little bit and, and talk about a little bit of history. His album, Letters from a High Altitude, an homage to his Ontario home, was a critically acclaimed vehicle for his sociopolitical, earthly conscience, and global aware messages. The surfy, funky, and magical mix of music has earned him airplay chart recognition and won over legions of fans around the world known as Headheads. We will discuss that. He has returned with a brand new album, and this was back in 2016, Red Omen, and we debuted that album on this show. It featured the first single in video, I Am Love, and came out in June of 2016. He does have a YouTube channel, and no, you cannot go now because I will hunt you down and drag you back to this show because you will miss an hour of fun. Ed, welcome to the show. Thank you, my dear, for joining us tonight and sharing an hour with us. It's always an honor to have you with us. Yvonne, my dear. It's great to be here. Thanks again for having me. And, uh, you know, we're both a little off the chain, so it, it's it's apropos that we're talking, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very true. And and before we, we went live, you and I were talking about the fact that we are blessed in the age that we live in and the technology that we have because artists like you – and the other artists that we have on this show. Thank you, Michael Stover, with MTS Management, because without you, I would never have found these wonderful, wonderful, wonderful human beings. That your art would be, might be hidden, because you and I both came from a generation where if it wasn't produced, created by and performed by somebody that either had deep pockets or knew somebody who was well known, you never got any airplay on the t- on the radio station. This is true. I mean, you know, payola, right? Uh, we could there's a, there's a there's a whole show about that if we wanted to do. <laughs> I I think that the industry that we work in is is built from grassroots by. Just like you said, people that grew up listening to music, loving music, understanding its significance, whether they be musicians, people hosting shows, and really, when you think about it, we're, you know, in the advent and really the birth of the, this whole technology, as you mentioned, and to be able to have not only this conversation with Ian and you and, and be on a show and have listeners all over the world, that's pretty fascinating, but the grassroots part of what I'm talking about is the, is the is the foundation. It's the cornerstone for, I think, sort of this code of ethics that's in the independent industry. Where with Michael, you mentioned Michael. I mean, Michael has a vast array of mm-hmm. musicians and, and artists that work for him. None of them are all the same. They all have different opinions and different vibes, and obviously sounds and genres. But he's not. He's not one of those guys that's just pushing an agenda or prejudice about one thing. And th- just like this show, you've had on a n- so many wonderful artists in the past and giving them that kind of opportunity. And I guess that's what it is. It's like a family. And, you know, Mike calls it MTS family in his hashtag, you know, when he's posting things about music and his artists and other things that are going on. And it is. It, it's, it feels that way a lot of the time because... You know, we work together hard. You know, my, I always say to Mike, you know, I, if we get an award or, or we're getting acclamation or on the radio or, or whatever, we're doing this together. I, I even think that about the people that listen to music, that support the music, the ad heads. They, they are part of the entire mechanism because without all of that <laughs> superstructure and the shows like this, none, none of it would work, right? And I see it as a really beautiful thing, and and it ha- like I said, it has this cosmetic or or tapestry or mandala of, of of ethics that are like you know we're here to build good art, communicate with people, connect it with people everywhere we can around the world, and and it's true. From I've talked to people from Singapore, San Francisco, Moscow, Germany, England, Australia. Mexico, South America, Canada, obviously, United States, Brothers in Arms, right? It's incredible when you think about it. And it like, you, like you said, 
years ago, it would have taken a lot of time, energy, and dineros, ladies and gentlemen, to get to that next stage, even just to get heard properly, never mind the payola. So you're, you, you're, you hit it right on the head, Yvonne. And, and is it not true that if, let's say, the local disc jockey played a song that nobody had ever heard of before, and it got less than a thousand call-ins or less than a thousand requests, it went over in the bin somewhere never to be heard from again until 20 years later when they decide they're going to pull out the one-offs or, or do you remember this guy? Right, 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 right. Yeah, well, and I guess in some ways that's what the industry promoted was the sort of corporate structure that would make sure certain artists would be in those boxes at the right time and, 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 and in rotation so that there was this reciprocating aspect to we play it, somebody hears it, somebody will go buy a ticket for a show or a record, and then so on so on through advertisement and what have you. But, I mean, I think I was, like the cream rises to the top. My buddy used to say to me, "That's no longer with us," and he, you know, I believe that. I think that that eventually, that that maybe there are those hidden gems that you mentioned that got passed originally, passed by the wayside, if you will. But in maybe in the end, as as, as they pull out the the one-offs, as you said, or like they're they'll be rediscovered. Mm-hmm. I've seen this happen a number of times, even in my own like last twenty twenty-five years of being turned on artists that I'd never even heard of before, and. You know, they 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 sort of grazed the cusp of where they could have been, but you know, it just fell apart, or you know, they they were no longer a band, or decided to to pull out, as it were. And, and and I think that's you know, that's just a sign of the times and circumstance and everything. But this industry is really interesting too, the independent industry, because it, like you had just pointed out, that the variety of everything is is kind of like well, then you know, it it will cross pollinate. It it will. Mm-hmm start to flourish in the way that it needs to so you know it's it's in its amazing time it's still a struggle you know we're all working and doing what we need to do uh to make ends meet but at the same time it's it's a happy struggle it's a labor of love you know and and the the artist is not boxed in as to well you have a manager, and this manager says, "Well, you know, you can only sing or write or or do this particular genre because nobody's going to listen to you if you go from rock to country, or from rock to alternative, or from rock to classical. So you can't you can't explore your craft and own it in a way that has never been done before because you just it's just not done that way. How dare us? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah." There's a lot of that in the in 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 the superstructure. So you know, you know how you want the company wants you to look, or if you're going to be you know, a spokesperson for something based on a product post. You know whatever went on with the record and the album. I mean, I me personally, my two cents. I I've always fell in love and and liked artists that sort of. They, they, they were some of them were genre based. You could say, well, it's rock. You could say it's funk. It's rhythm and blues. It's it's jazz. Whatever, but. There was always this vacillation of of change, you know, and, and this momentum kind of going through those artists. I I listen. To, I think about somebody like Stevie Wonder, mm-hmm. and you know, little Stevie Wonder with his harmonica, and you know, clap your hands a little bit loud, right? And he's doing his thing, and I and then the growth of in an artist over a time frame is 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 inc- for him and many others incredible because you watch that development. And, and you're turned on to so many different things. And then you can also start to see the influence uh, that, that the artist is being exposed to um, over the course of their over their writing experience. And I think that's what's healthy, cross-pollination of things. The idea of you know music and how it was created, we say it's a genre, but really so often it's an amalgam of, of two different genres that are, that are colliding with one another in one of the most beautiful ways. You know, I think of fusion music in terms of the jazz world. So you've got like Afro-Cuban concepts rhythmically intermingled with, you know, mm-hmm. jazz. And all of a sudden you've got this new concept that goes on. Even rhythm and blues, uh, rock and roll, born from rhythm and blues. So yep. and think of how vast and, and wide that spectrum of music is, is, right? And it has multiple tentacles. 
So I, it, it, it's like a garden, you know, provided the bees come in and buzz around, you get a lot of cross-pollination <laughs> and beautiful things start to grow. And I love it. I love it. I know, Ian, I, I hear the wheels turning, sweetheart. Jump right in. <laughs> you always do. I, I always need a little push on the on the pool, don't I? Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, it's good to hear from you again, man. I'm really glad to uh, hear from you tonight. So my first uh, question for you is, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't say anything. Oh, I thought you did. Maybe I'm hearing my, feed, my uh, feedback on my phone tonight. I don't know. The strange things happen when it's windy here. I guess Yvonne understands that one. And she lives in Florida <laughs> too, right? Yeah. Um, so kind of a generic question. Like, Catch us up on what you've learned the most since we've last talked to you. Wow. That's a big question, brother. Because I think... Well, you know, I, I come out swinging. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, what's what's one of the biggest things that you've learned since we've last talked to you? Or what's one of the biggest things, challenges, events? Like, summarize it all. What, what, what what's, what's happened in your life since we've last talked? That's Louisville Slugger. Well, a lot. I mean, <laughs> there, I, mean I, um, I think like a lot of people, we're all taking life in this experience right now one day at a time and with that said the transition from day to day information coming in talking to people trying to understand what's going on um i think that i'm trying to operate um in in a positive vibration every day and and carry that with me wherever i go so if i'm looking at critical information about things that are like oh man you know the fit is hitting the shan and how do i deal with this how do i react you know even in you know personal things not just like stuff you see in the media or whatever but family stuff stuff that's going on with friends um so what i've learned is is that having this sort of like zen like steely approach to even critical mass is is helping immensely and, and, and leading everything that I'm trying to do with a sense of positivity, even if it's like putting on a pair of socks. If I fall over, I'm going to laugh about it instead of getting frustrated, right? Like, um, And I think what I've learned from that is that how much the levels of anxiety, because I'm an empath, I, that's the reason I'm a writer, why I became a musician, because I understand message and I understand how it makes me feel. And we're all human. So we all go through this concourse of, you know, the emotional barometer of things. And I've learned that that aspect of it, when it weighs on you in this craziest of ways, it, it's, it's, it's gravity you can't even really even control sometimes. It, it, it dilapidates you. It's like carrying around a ball and chain. And even though it may be there, if you pick up that ball and chain and swing it a little bit and, you know, act humorous about it perhaps or be sarcastic or instead of trying to prove your point maybe pose some questions you know all of that i think is what i've learned in the last little while and it's been extremely reflective in my writing because again i'm always about trying to turn a negative into a positive even when it's something it's going on in my own life besides what i see every day so i I've, I, again, I, I mean, I, I've always tried to be positive in my writing experience, and, and sometimes it can be dark because you're trying to sarcastically point something out in some way, and you need to be that way to have a sort of formidable impact with the information. But Oh, yeah, I remember our last show. You, you had a sense of humor that uh, we, got, we got scary a little bit. There was some, some maple leaf conversations going on, some... Damn Yankee conversations. I remember. What's off the chain, right? <laughs> right, right. See, now, you know, what's funny is that we are at this point now with uh, Yvonne and I in the show that the guests who come back, I can actually go in the archive and listen to what we talked about. And that's even cooler because then I can sit down and write down like, oh, man, like we were we were just talking about this and we didn't really finish that conversation and let's talk about that again. So I remember I, I went back to our previous conversation. I'm like, oh, man, yeah, this one did get a little bit off the chain, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was the main reason we brought him back so fast. And he, he just said something. And, and this is just another reason that 
Ed Roman is so close to my heart, ladies and gentlemen, and and I don't normally, I love all of my artists, but there are just certain ones that just really touch my heart, and now I know why Ed Roman touches my heart so much, because he and I are both impassioned. And Ed, do you not agree that it can be very, very tiring and debilitating and exhausting? 10,000%. And I think Ian's a bit of an empath himself. But Actually, I, uh, I, uh, go ahead. So, some days it's, it is. I mean, you know, we're, we're bastions of positivity and humor now, ladies and gentlemen. But trust me, after, you know, unless we've had our coffee in the morning, things can get critical. Uh-huh. Um, but but I um, yeah it is difficult. I I think that's why I've always gravitated to something tactical that's related to my hands. Music is obviously that, and it's a primary thing. But as you guys know, you know I garden, and even now it's winter here in Canada. There's snow on the ground, but I've got you know the, uh, tomatoes and peppers and lettuce growing in my garage, and <laughs> and, and I'm always trying to circumnavigate as I mentioned before when Ian was asking that stress factor in some kind of a positive way so it, it doesn't take it away Yvonne like you know that it can really right. like wear you out it can tire you out sometimes because it can keep you up at night um, you know Ed I'm, I'm catching on to you because you know everybody says they grow tomatoes and stuff in their garage I know what's going on in Canada <laughs> 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 no, we save that for the summer. We save that. No, seriously though, I have. I'll send you pictures. Like I'm starting to blossom. I've got my first two tomatoes. I've got a whole bunch of pepper blah. And I. Oh, and again, I, I trust you. I trust. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, get, I know where you're going with that, Mr. Ganja. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, how well, dare you? <laughs> on, on Saturday night, I went to an event that that involved. Uh, the church, the women from the church that I attend, plus women from a sister church, and it, it these women all sat around in in the the whole idea of the event is for these women to grow closer and to trust each other enough to talk about things that had happened in their life. Well, we started at four and we're finally finished at seven. And my girlfriend and I went to dinner afterwards, and I was so tired. So mentally, physically, and emotionally, and spiritually exhausted that I did not think I was going to be able to drive two miles to the restaurant. And then Sunday morning when I got up, I thought, why am I so tired? I'm tired all the time, but this is different. And it dawned on me. I could not get my walls up fast enough to alleviate some of the the energy that was out there. And it, I, I get it. Yeah, and I think taking that time, it's like decompressing after a car ride. Yeah. You know, you can't. You, you want a couple minutes before you rush in somewhere to start doing something. Sometimes you don't always get well, that because of traffic. But um, it's funny that you accuse me of being an empath too, because I think I was more empathic when I was younger. We all and are. I think, Children are so... Right. We, it's the condition oh, yeah, yeah. of adults inside of the system that makes us sort of rigid. And I, I think that's why it's important to her, hold on to your internal youth. You know, you may get older. My grandmother was a wonderful proponent for this, and even my mom at 85 is the same way. Their, their framework may be, you know, not the way it was when they were 30, but the disposition that they carry makes them seem like they're in their 60s. Right. So well, I that's think that's a big part of it, but I also know Sorry. my mom is an empath too, so she takes a lot out of her sometimes as well. Mm-hmm. And it's important to make yeah. that time. I was just talking about that with a friend of mine the other day to make sure you you find a time to clear your head, to go for a walk, get the dog, whatever it is that that that's your you know cup of tea, and do it. The important thing yeah. is doing it because I, life can catch up with you. No, 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 i got to make dinner. It's dinner time, and then it's rushing around afterwards, and now this has got to happen. Okay, and then, okay, got to get to bed because tomorrow morning, da, da. There's, so it's like it's like making time for food. Mm-hmm. Like, you, know, yeah. you, you need to eat something, and you also decompress. Well, um, I, I think I'm getting to the point now where, um, you know, like for a while I was kind of numb to it, being, being empathic and, and doing all that, and then I transitioned into... 
like an accountability impasse where it's like, hey, I'm going to love you and I'm going to take care of you as much as I can. But when it gets to the point where I start smelling the cancer, I'm just going to cut stuff off. And that's actually made the past couple of months really hard because um, I started eliminating people out of my life that just don't necessarily, you know, bring me the positivity and, and joy and all that that I'm looking for. And um, I don't know. I feel like that's something that needs to be brought up more often is that, yeah, you can love and you can love with your whole heart, but there comes a point where, you know, you have to start cutting stuff off because if you don't, it's just going to infect your life. And if somebody like us doesn't cut somebody off, there's probably a reason for it. You know, I've had so many people like, oh, man, why don't you, you know, well, why do you hang out with XYZ or ABC? Well, it's because there's something, there's something there. There's there's something that they do for me, you know? I don't know. I no, I get that? it. Like, you know, everybody can be your mentor, you know, and, and even if it's something negative, because then you'll know what it is that you don't want. And and you know, mm-hmm. obviously, what the things you do want, because it makes you feel good, as you said, but... I think also, too, yeah. there's a lot to be said about, you know, the cultivated personality because, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, some people maybe are not cognitive to sometimes the emotional impact of language or or the things that, that can, you know, really, if, like, even, like, think how you can brighten somebody's day up just by going, hey, you know, those are really nice shoes mm-hmm. or, or whatever it is, right, like, You'd be surprised at how little sometimes people get positive information just from an inert place without having to go searching for it, right? And I think sometimes yeah. people take, take advantage of the... I've been taken down the garden path hundreds of times, probably will again. It's not my stupidity. It's just me being, oh, well, I see some... Who you are. Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't mean yeah. I'm going to stop. But right. cutting people off, though, I mean, again, that's what I was getting at about the cultivated non-cultivated yeah. personality because I think you, you gravitate to people that they're not just there from a materialistic perspective an emotional perspective but they're, you know I've got friends that I've known since I was five and even though time may go by a year and they're in a different part of the world you know you get on the phone and it's like this with us talking from the last night it's like you no know, time has passed yeah. I feel like yeah. the last show was just like a little while ago three of us talking it's the same thing. You oh, have yeah. the kindred aspect to it. And I ride it. Like, I mean, you know, I steer clear of certain situations and circumstances just because I know it's not it's not fruitful. Not not like in a material mm-hmm. sense. It's just not, it's not healthy. Well, and I agree with you that it's really comforting because you don't find – there's two things you really don't find in life that I found. You don't find friends that you can do what you just said where you can pick up the phone and start off right where you're at. You also don't find friends that you have such a strong connection that you know when something's going on that you're like, I need to call them. <laughs> I've yeah, really you're had... like, yeah, you both call each other, or you're thinking about them mm-hmm. and the phone rings and it is right, them. right, right. Like, oh, those relationships only come around once in a really big blue moon but well and sometimes um, i think too like relationships are like a, like elastic because they need time people need time to grow in other ways to bring new information to each other it's like if you talk to the same person all day 25 times a day you call them like you're not going to get much new information or learn from each other in that regard so sometimes there's time like you know goes by it can be healthy because you're on your own journey. It doesn't have to be so incestual that, you know, it's the same group of people. And sometimes that can be a danger because those people don't ever grow out of that framework of thinking and ideology. So it's good to kind of break loose of all those packed mentalities yeah. sometimes, right? And, and speaking well, and of... I, I, well, oh. Go ahead. I was, I was thinking, thinking I'm saying exactly the same thing you're thinking, Yvonne. I was going to say, I'd, I'd hate to ruin this conversation, but I want to hear some more of his music. <laughs> right? Is that what you're going to say? Well, see, this is what happened the last time. We got so involved in enjoying each other's conversation that the music went by the way, which is okay with me because we'll just keep bringing him back. I mean, it's no big deal. I know he right. loves it. <laughs> like, if you had to write more songs, and we'll keep releasing them. 
Yvonne's place on the porch, like in the summertime. We wouldn't leave. We'd be just there. Somebody would have to keep bringing in, pipe in the iced tea. <laughs> yeah, Something right. Something was going right for the whole night. I could see that. I could see that. I, I have a beautiful yeah. front porch, and it's got I a nice it. table. I knew it. And we could throw a couple of rocking chairs out there and watch the world go by. That's how I grew up. Watch the world go by and just keep being philosophical and laid back and enjoying each other's company and growing within each other's company. We would never tire of anything to talk about because we're all so diversified and have so many things that are important within our own minds that we like to share. Mm -hmm. We could do this from now until doomsday. Well, and with a it sounds like a with a beautiful southern voice and accent like that, you sound like a, a songbird. So you could just t- read from Mark Twain, and I'll just be quiet. <laughs> sit there, Ian and I will just sit there playing checkers, you know. Right. Hey, that works. We'll, we'll play. We'll play some euchre, right? Oh, jeez. Yeah. See, I, hey, don't you don't want to get in the music <laughs> with me, man? Okay, so let's play. Let's play this song, and. Then I want to talk about your charity work because this is something else that indie artists do that a lot, I won't say a lot, but some of the most traditional artists do not do. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my co-host, Ian Bush, and our guest, the one and only, the most precious human being in the world, music artist Ed Roman, and we will be back after listening to Coming My Way. I've been looking for a good time I've been looking every day I've been waiting for the sunshine It's been coming my way And oh oh, oh, It's been coming my way I've been dancing at a hold down Love to the fight with folks on the moonshine I've been telling dirty jokes and oh, oh, oh it's a coming my way and oh, oh, oh it's a coming my
Ladies and gentlemen, this is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my co-host, Ian Bush, and that was Ed Roman, our guest tonight, with Coming My Way. Ed, that that song never, ever, ever ceases to just make my heart sing. Oh, it's, it, oh that's so nice, Yvonne. I mean... It's hoedown. It feels right, you know. It's pl- it's simple song with a lot of complex feelings, and I think that goes a long way. Um, I love it when people play that that song because, you know, it, every once in a while, you know, through the writing process, and it just kind of happened in the last couple of days too, which is interesting. All this sort of pop out material where you're kind of wondering where it came from. You know, the words just kind of write themselves sometimes. And uh, that's kind of where that song sort of transpired from. It had the same kind of a, uh, you know, epiphany and, and, and beginning. And, and sometimes when I listen to it, I, I always think of my friend that had passed away. I was mentioning to you about Bane Arnold because mm-hmm. it was just after that he had passed that I wrote that. And uh, I always thought it was him kind of dictating lyrics to me, you know, from the other side, if, <laughs> if you will. And uh, I always think of him when, when somebody plays it or even when I play it. That song is when when that song is is played and sitting here listening to it and and I ladies and gentlemen I listen to music probably different than anybody else in the world I I listen to music in two ways one to enjoy the music itself and two to let the music enjoy me. Now, I don't know if y'all understand that or not, but it's like reading a a book that is so good that you just crawl inside the story. And when the when the book ends, you find yourself going, but there's got to be more. That's the way I feel about Ed Roman's songs, especially this one. Uh, when it ends, I want to go, but wait, there's got to be another verse. I'm not done yet. <laughs> There might be some verses that are hidden that never got, you know, recorded. But that's the thing about writing. You try to find the right organization of things, and then you go, no, that's it. It's right there, right? Well, and and speaking of that, you, like many indie artists, in fact, the, the group we had on last night, Dirt Road Sunset, you do something that is also hard. Two things. One, you do... Music Beats Cancer, and you also donate money to the veterans. And because both of those things are so close to my heart, that just makes you all that more special to me, my friend. Yvonne, I mean, thank you, and uh, it's humbling. uh, I'm glad that I was asked because, I mean... Contributing to something, you know, that where you know people are struggling, and I, you know, I always felt music was there as a therapeutic tool, aside from, you know, it being a commodity, and you know, it's it's it it for me, writing helps me get through life. It helps me sort of organize my thoughts in a way that makes it palatable to me again, even if it's difficult to look at, and I know. Everybody's going through a lot of things, and that's the life experience. But music, because it it, it was my security blanket and my 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 medicine. I know that with, even with music beats cancer, when they asked me to write a statement, you know, I, I know that it's a, it's a healing tool because I've used it in some of the most sorrowful moments of my life. You know, gravitate to something that's going to take you somewhere. Out of that, um, I know that it's also a preventative. I know, like you, that you were just saying, you know, when you listen to it, you listen to it in a couple of ways. It moves you, and you move it. Like it, it, it is an interaction. You are symbiotically connecting with something. And I go to things from the past, like that I remember when I was a kid, just to like even have that as a vehicle to go back to that memory of feeling that sense of innocence. And every like like smell, you know your auditory senses they they trigger so many things inside of your memory system that it's healing. I mean, mm-hmm. I, 
even when you hear something new and you're electrified by some new phrase or statement that somebody said, and you're like, you know what? That was summated in exactly the what I've been thinking about for a couple months, and, and now it becomes sort of like, you know, a totemistic thing that you carry with you because you're like, yes, this is how I'm feeling. Like, it, 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 and, and it can get you through then. It's a preventative. It can get you through a, a very difficult moment that you may be having. Even when you think, you know, the chips are down, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get, but you will because somehow it empowers you in a whole new way. Even struggling as a dyslexic uh, and, and the work I do with the Dyslexic Society, it's the same thing. It's so empowering having all that connectivity to something that I struggled with and now giving back in, in, a, in a way. And You know, my my family comes from a a background of philanthropy, and obviously you guys know politics. I don't like using that word. I prefer public service um, and farming and agriculture. But as much as I get the acclamation for what I do, I was always taught that, you know, Every deed should come with no name attached to it. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's an act of generosity is an act of generosity, and I'm humbled by you know them asking me because it, again, music is is a healer. I I I've been playing shows, watching people smile or freak out or do whatever they're going to do when I'm playing. <laughs> I I know that at the end of the night, it's like when I leave a show, watching somebody or even a good comedian, my I got perma smile, my my belly my belly's hurting from laughing or. My, you know, I'm out of breath from dancing <laughs> or something like. So it's 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 really powerful in that way, and I, it's medicine, you know, and, and charity work. I don't consider charity work. I'm working with people. I know they're struggling, and or, the monies are going to allotted places and, and what have you. But just trying to help, you know, trying to donate what I can. Even with the Dyslexic Society, all the proceeds for Red Home and Goft for the facilitating programs for kids that struggle with dyslexia. So, I'm I'm always I'm I, I, like again I stand in the light of humility because I, I'm I, I can't believe that I'm doing that. I, I can, but I can't because I do what I do. But it's it's like it's one thing to record a record and have it connect with people around the world material, but. This is something different. It's like when you have a good lesson with somebody that just you sit down on the side of the road somewhere or somewhere with a guitar and you're talking about, you know, music or, or something and they've got a question and you've got a question and you part ways and you think, man, you know, what a great experience just because we shared in, in this idea of this tradition. And music has always had that tradition. How often have we seen concerts that have raised incredible amount of money and awareness uh, for people everywhere around the world, so I see music as as one of the most powerful medical tools <laughs> and that we universal. have in the world, right? And music is universal. It is a universal language that it doesn't matter what tongue you speak. Music is is a common denominator. Absolutely. I mean, think of all people. I mean. You can travel as a musician somewhere in Europe, not speak the language. People may have heard the material on the radio. They come and watch the show. Mm-hmm. There's a language bar- barrier in between sets, you know. You, but they're relating to the the music. I mean, the vibrations of it itself. I mean, that's a show for in itself. But frequency has this response in the nervous system, and doesn't matter, like you said, what language you speak. It's it's moving you in some way. Um, I can think of artists all through the 20th century and even back into the 19th, 18th, and 17th century that their music still translates today mm-hmm. as a result of, of taking the time to, 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 to put and organize those things together in a, in a palatable way that people can now still look back and go, wow, I'm glad somebody documented it. Because it, it, it still has the emotional impact even from something a couple hundred years ago to the new listener. That's feeling it for the first time. I, I love to do this where you watch like twenty somethings watch stuff from the sixties for the first time or listen to music from the sixties <laughs> for the first time. And like, what is this? You know, it's so earthy and raw and organic and it's not processed and it's got rough edges and I love it. And that I that I love watching that happen because it's it's doing the exact same thing. It's making somebody feel this new wonderful thing that they've never heard before. And music is continually doing that. Continually. Ian, what's your take on this? 
No, I mean, I agree. I, I, uh, I was kind of chuckling in myself because, um, you know, a lot of the music from the 90s that I like, um, there's an even younger generation that listens to it, and they're like, what's this Nirvana? Like, why is he so angry? <laughs> and I'm all like, I'm like, that that was like the lifeblood of my generation or like, you know what I mean? Like blink one, eight, two, I miss you. I don't know if you, do you know that song? Oh yeah, absolutely. I used to teach yeah. blink one, eight, two Nirvana. I mean, that was, I remember when it smelled like teen spirit came out and everybody was freaking out. Right. Right. I've seen Ned, well, Tom, like, Dustin, a lot of, a lot of really interesting bands from that time frame in the eighties too, for that matter. There's a lot of great music oh, yeah. that came out well, in the eighties. I like my older stuff, too. I'm not going to lie. Um, and I surprised Yvonne a couple times. She's like, you know what Jim Morrison is? You know, and then she, like, falls out of her chair, and it's a big, you know, it's a big it's a big hoopla. But, you know, um, I, I respect that. And I think we actually, I think we had that conversation of bringing back old to new, right? All, yeah. all what's old is coming new again. And I think that was a really profound conversation. So I'm going to do a shameless plug to our first show. And uh, if you guys haven't heard the first show with, with me and Yvonne and Ed, then you need to go back there and listen to that one, too. Because that one had some good philosophical stuff, too. So shameless plug, I know. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I really feel that. I really feel what's old is new and what's new is old and not a whole lot in between, right? Everything is kind of, uh, you know, I would I, I like to say accidentally plagiarized. You don't know that you're remaking something, but you know, you you, you take it and you spin it and you make it into yourself and into who you are. And you you've done that with your music, and I've, I hear that. I, it's, I, I feel, it's healthy to do that. And yeah, you're you're, you're right because what is old can be new. And I, you know, I wrote a lyric years ago and. It goes, maybe words and phrases from 50 years ago still has all the strength and love of everyone we know. And, and, and that's why true. I wrote that is because of that exact statement that you just made. I've seen the rebirth of a song or songs as a direct result of the subject matter and in the current events. So, for instance, Buffalo Springfield, long before your time, a little bit before my time, but Yvonne in my time more, more so, um, for what it's worth. Okay. Yep. So that song has been making an appearance on the stage everywhere I look. Something happened in here, right? What yep. it is ain't exactly clear. There's a man with There's a gun. The rebirth. Yep. I got that, you. Yeah, you know, so again, that um, I see the resurgence of the meaning coming back and whatever incantation it takes. Again, it, the important thing is that it, that it's 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 being listened to, it's being utilized somehow in some way, and again, in turn, new electrifying reactory material that is also happening as a result of the times that we live in. And I'm sure, 40 years from now, that material will be looked at by another generation and and be asking and going through the same process. Uh, I love nostalgia music, rhythm and blues, jazz, because of that. I revive things all the time, even emotionally. Just a thing I just posted a little while ago has this sort of flavor of a sort of a jazzy rhythm and blues kind of thing, but it serves the purpose because of the lyrical content. So it's not bad to to go back to the past to, to listen to something in, in some way, especially if it's going to create the right tapestry for what you're working on. And you made a statement in one of your interviews, and, and it, it brings home to what we're saying, that music and anthropology have a lot in common, because anthropology is the study of cultures and environments, as opposed to archaeology, which is the study of, of people, but but anthropology is the study of the times, and music and anthropology go hand in hand, because when you study music, you have to go back to the beginning and bring it forward. Well, that's it, and you're right. It defines so often we go to that cultural moment and what is being described, if it's lyrically that we're talking about. Like, like immediately when you were talking, Yvonne, I thought of Springsteen, you know, from Blinded uh -huh. by the Light. 
Yep. Madman yep. drummers and bombers with the Indian summers and the teenage diplomat. With the dumps and the mumps and the adolescent pumps was way into his hat. And feeling kind of older with a boulder on my shoulder, I tripped the merry-go-round and this very unpleasing wheezing and sneezing in the clip crashed to the ground. All of that lyrical content is a defining concept inside of the American system of the average, you know, 18 to 20-something in the 1970s. Yep. It, it, yep. It, it is a look back into that, yeah, think of Chuck Berry the same way. When I think of uh, "Say La Vie," you know, uh, <laughs> it, is, it, it, it outlines these sort of cultural moments. And you go even go back further into classical history, Baroque history, primitive music, Polynesian music, African music. It it has such a wide sp- and follow, like Yvonne said, that trail mm-hmm. of history that takes you back to all these places. And it's, a, it's an incredible educational experience. And all art seems to have that. I, I think I maybe mentioned that on the last show where I mentioned Herbie Hancock's quote about an artist is one who has the, the ability to fuse their life with the rhythm of the times. But that can mm-hmm. be captured visually. You know, we can go back 3,000 years and pick up a pot shard, put things back together and understand implicitly about who they were because of the depiction of the art capturing the cultural identity you know on it and we know from those things my gosh you know all of this stuff starts come flooding back whether it's a reflection of who we are today or you know an echo from the past it's still there it's a documentative marker same thing with food and agriculture it's extremely anthropological Yvonne I, I I'm really upset and I have a question for you we're at that time. Can we please bring him back? Please. I'm already made we're note. at the 10-minute mark. No, actually, now we're at the 7-minute mark. What I want to do, Ed, and I just I had this epiphany, is if you will come back, we'll do an hour-and-a-half show, which still won't be enough time. We'll probably have to do two shows right. and and talk about music history, the anthropology of it, because as you're talking about uh, there's a man with a gun over there. I'm, yeah. You know what I'm thinking about? I'm thinking that was one of the popular songs that they played when the guys were in Vietnam. Exactly, exactly. That. Country. And what's funny is when when you say that song, what I'm thinking of is Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and, and it's in that. But I rem, I remember Kent State, and I knew yes. I know a couple yes. people that were at Kent State, and I know why the tune was written. And and, and again. It was counterculture reacting to what wasn't right. Again, art was always trying to define the beauty and exquisite aspects to who we are as people, but it's also pointing out, and out of necessity, the reflection of the things that make us terrible and ugly. And when we look at those reflections, we can go, that's not right, I don't want to be that, I'm not going to be that way. That's why music can be so powerful. It uplifts and points all this beautiful stuff out and at the same time, it's like, man, this, that's not cool. That's not cool. You are right. So would you be willing to do that, my dear? Are you kidding? I would come back and, and chinwag with you guys any day. An hour and a half? I'll do two <laughs> hours with you if you want. I'd be so happy. Well, to. We have great chats. We do. And, and I'm thinking that would be the great, a great way to start off the new year with the history of music and the anthropological, I can't pronounce that word like I want to, side of it, and maybe even if I can round up some old songs and, and play them and talk about them, because the, some of the songs that were done in the 60s were redone from the original artists in the 50s. That's right. So tell me when you want to come back. And I'd love to come back in the new year, and I think I think Ian should buy the pizza. Oh, okay, Ian, you're buying the pizza. <laughs> See, oh, that's not fair. You know I make less than both of you. <laughs> so, why why, so why is the youngest, brokest one buying the pizza? Come on, because you should be the most. You should be the most. You should be the most resourceful to be able to figure out how to do it, right? There yeah, you I, I have a hand. network of pizza people at my disposal. <laughs> don't don't worry. <laughs> The pizza so, mafia. So, so yeah. Ed, you, to, Ed, you want to come back on the tenth, and then we'll we can either do the tenth and the eleventh, and the, or the tenth and seventeenth, and just do two shows of an hour and a half. 
100%. I'm just checking my calendar right now where we're talking, but I think that date's open. Jan, you're Jan 10, right? Right. That's the Monday, and the 11th, they're wide open. Will you let Michael know, and I'll be there in a, in a shake of a dog's will, tail. I, oh, yeah, we'll do back-to-back shows. And cool, I will send, cool. my, I will even, send Michael a note. I'm not even going to check my calendar. It's just going to be free. There you go. <laughs> Because now we're at the four-minute mark, and we're running out of time, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it first here. My friend, Dad Roman, is going to come back on back-to-back shows on January the 10th and January the 11th. We're going to continue this discussion about music, maybe even play some old songs, talk about music, and and y'all can learn things. You know what, that gives me a little time, too, and I'll do some legwork. I've, I've already started to think of a couple numbers that we could kind of look at. And talk Sweet. about that have sort of even transcended like a hundred years of of culture. Well, if you send me the MP3s, I'll load them up on the um, on the audio clipboard and we'll play them. <laughs> well, and the you know MP3s, what? I like one, it. One, <laughs> one of which may not even be a recording; it may be just a, a lyrical content uh, thing. But the, but as I said, it you know it made its way out of like church uh, sing-alongs and things like that that was known as like comedy numbers but then as they got older into the 50s they ended up being songs of sorrow you know done by Red Solvine or or people like that and nowadays when you hear it you go oh my gosh like you know what a crazy tune like let's do that let's talk about that well and I hate to put you on the spot Ed but to uh, avoid copyright infringement I want you to sing and play the songs for us. Oh, we could do that. <laughs> uh, we could totally do that. We could totally do that. I'd be into that, 100%. Heck yeah. So now we, Heck yeah. Now that we, sounds like a lot. Now, now we have reached the three-minute mark. Ladies and gentlemen, um, our last guest for this year will be next Monday night. His name is Corey Coons. It will be the first time that, that he has been on this show. I'm sure it won't be the last. And you heard it first here. Ed Roman is going to come back on Jan 10th, January 10th and January the 11th, and we're going to talk about the history history of music and the anthropology of music and i am so excited <laughs> me too it's gonna be i hope you guys have a wonderful christmas by the way and holiday season and and on top of that like the best the best new year that anybody has seen in years and i'm Amen. wishing to you and everybody else and, and any energy i can push towards it that's what i'm going to be doing before now and then and you do now know that uh, Shelburne, Ontario, Canada is on my bucket list. I have been to Victoria, <laughs> but now hey, I gotta get to you, I have to get to your porch first. We gotta have the the rock and chair porch party first. You name the day, and I'll put it in the calendar, and we'll make it happen. And I'll I make the best sweet tea this side of the Mississippi. Yes. Okay. Hey, Yvonne, I'll, I'll bring the fried chicken. chicken. I was going to say, I won't, I won't smoke cigars on your porch either, so unless you want one, Ed, I'll get you one. <laughs> so, Always so a pleasure, ladies, you guys. Always wonderful talking with you. Well, I, I appreciate you guys so much. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Off the Chain with my co-host, Ian Bush, and our guest, music artist Ed Roman, who's one of the most prolific music artists out there who I absolutely adore. And you heard it first. He will be back, back to back with us in January, which I am so humbled. I mean, I, I had to start, sit and listen to him all night long because he is just so learned and filled with knowledge, which creates wisdom. So Thanks, be sorry. ready to, to join us and listen to that. Thank you guys so, so much for being with me tonight. Ed, thank you once again for for joining us and spending an hour with us. It, you don't know what it means to us. You know what? It's true what they say about Southern hospitality. It's the sweetest of all. Thank you, my darling. You made my week. (laughs) You made my day. (laughs) (laughs) So until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I want to wish these gentlemen good evening. I want to wish you good evening. And as we've said here tonight, be kind to yourself and be kind to each other because we're all on a journey. And one kind word can help a person's journey be that much easier. Am I right, guys? 100%. 100%. Oh, yeah. So with that, we're going to close the show. We will see you all next Monday night right here on Off the Chain. Good night, everyone. Love you guys. See you on the 10th. All right. Good night. Good love night. you all. Good night, Ian. Ciao. Good night, Yvonne. Bye. Good night. <laughs>